Welcome to 2ZQ Hot Takes, where we discuss issues both big and small. I am your host, the very handsome Tim Kirk, and today I'll be talking about pedantry. I can be a bit pedantic myself. It is the killer of buzzes, the harsher of mellows, and can stop momentum and goodwill cold. But sometimes it can really correct the course. So I sometimes would like to think... Or do I have OCD? Or have I been imputed with responsibility for things which require extensive attention to detail in order to sustain professionalism, personal discipline, and or the arbiter of truth? A traffic cop of sorts? And that sometimes spills over into my personal life? Or is it a family trait? I have been told that if you ask me what time it is, I will tell you how to make a watch. But I almost always know where my keys are. A bit pedantic. Someone I knew who was, and is, a well-regarded comic book artist used to regale me with tales of nerds and geeks who would approach him and they were obsessed with minute detail. He told me that he even used an idea from an in-law who was a geek in a storyline. While I don't personally believe I have reached uh, Professor Frank or comic book guy Jeff Garland, (laughs) kind of pedantic right there on my part, Um, I do like to get the fundamentals correct, which is odd because I am the first person to insist on getting to point B from point A without a breakdown. I think most of us know people who are sticklers for details. I still become slightly agitated when remembering those who use pedantry to stall, divert, or attempt to steal ownership of an idea or situation. I think it is sometimes referred to as resentment. In the beloved television program Blackadder, the title character has an exchange with the character Percy Jackson regarding Percy's failed attempts at alchemy in which he tried to create gold and wound up with a green substance instead. Blackadder said, Percy, not to be pedantic or anything, but the color of gold is gold. That's why it's called gold. What you have created, if it has a name, is some green. So from Merriam-Webster, pedant is a noun. The definition is one who is unimaginative or who unduly emphasizes minutiae in the presentation or use of knowledge. One who makes a show of knowledge. A formalist or precisionist in teaching. And the obsolete definition is a male school teacher. And the examples of pedant in a sentence include All too often, science fiction provokes the pedant in professional scientists for whom a beautiful story can be ruined by a single petty error. Jerry Coyne in the New York Times Book Review. 
a controversialist, crusty, critical, arrogant, a pedant. He was attacked by his contemporaries for sacrilege, impudence, temerity, and presumption, among other imperfections. Carl Sagan and the demon-haunted world. Recent examples on the web. While its sister show, Jeopardy! is better known as a pedant's paradise, misspeaking or misspelling has long been known to sink contestants, every now and then, Wheel of Fortune gets in on the action. Tyler Aquilina, EW.com, April 1st, 2021. More definitions for pedant. A noun. A person who annoys other people by correcting small errors and giving too much attention to minor details. <laughs> pedant from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. A pedant is a person who is excessively concerned with formalism, accuracy, and precision, or one who makes an ostentatious and arrogant show of learning. I looked up how to pronounce the word pedant. The English language word pedant comes from the French pedant, used in 1566 in Dharma and Hartsfielder's Dictionnaire General de la Langue Française, or its older mid-15th century Italian source pedante, teacher, schoolmaster. Compare the Spanish pedante. The origin of the Italian pedante is uncertain, but several dictionaries suggest that it was contracted from the medieval Latin Pedagogans, present participle of pedagogare, to act as a pedagogue, to teach. The Latin word is derived from Greek, pedagogus, to lead, which originally referred to a slave who escorted children to and from school, but later meant a source of instruction or guidance. Obsessive-compulsive personality disorder, OCPD, is in part characterized by a form of pedantry that is excessively concerned with the correct following of rules, procedures, and practices. Now, I worked with someone who had OCD, and he insisted on people speaking a certain way, and if you were to walk down uh, a hallway uh, that was commonly used while he was attempting to, you could actually see him bob his head and seek another direction, walk out of the way until you left the hallway, and then he would walk down the hallway. So he was a little OCD. Sometimes the rules that OCPD sufferers obsessively follow are of their own devising, or are corruptions or reinterpretations of the letter of actual rules. Pedantry can also be an indication of specific developmental disorders, in particular, people with Asperger's syndrome often have behavior characterized by pedantic speech. Well, all I can say is, I like following the rules. It makes life easier. <laughs> That's hardly a defense. From The Guardian, UK, US edition. Why do pedants pedant? Some people just love pointing out mistakes and errors made by others. Why? What do they get from it? Pedants are literally everywhere, although there's still space for oxygen and rabbits and scented candles. 
announcing themselves with a catchphrase that could be from a Richard Curtis film about rustic water sources and being charmingly upper-class and awkward. Well, actually. Pedants can frequently be seen correcting grammar, factoids, and social etiquette at auspicious occasions before disappearing in a puff of nothing back to wherever it is they came from. It's enough to make you nauseous. Sigmund Freud stated that pedants are men who are unable to laugh at themselves. I would point out that female pedants exists, but he'd probably say I was being anal, or maybe genital. Between you and I, I can never remember the developmental stages. Irregardless, pedants are individuals who make excessive displays of their own knowledge based on formal rules and overly precise details with an enormity that disregards common sense. Pedantry represents behavior and as such can potentially be explained through psychology, neuroscience, scientific, just-so stories. Firstly, it may be expected that a greater level of pedantry can be expected from people who are grumpy or curmudgeonly. In this respect, pedantry might be related to certain personality types. In one American study, 83 people were asked to judge the writers of emails applying to be housemates. Some emails were written with correct standard English. Some contained typos, typing mistakes attributed to finger misplacement. And some contained grammos, mistakes attributed to a lack of knowledge about standard English rules. Examples of typos included T-E-H for the and hello with three L's for hello. Examples of grammos include there, T-H-E-I-R for T-H-E-R-E, and Y-O-U apostrophe R-E for Y-O-U-R. The participants had their personalities categorized via the big five personality traits. These comprise of extroversion, openness, conscientiousness, agreeableness, and neuroticism. There were too many personality pedantry interactions to discuss here, but interestingly, introverts were most judgmental of grammos and typos compared to extroverts. The authors argued that people who rate highly on introversion prefer a sense of order that these errors violate. This leads to an increase in arousal and irritation, with mistakes literally getting on the introvert's nerves. Extroverts reporting they felt good grammar was important showed less sensitivities to typos than extroverts who stated good grammar wasn't important. The authors opined, the extroverts who felt good grammar was important view typos as mechanical errors and, under the circumstances, not evidence of bad grammar. Pedantry could then be seen as introverts' response to a violation of a need for limited variation. The extent of an individual's pedantry would then be mediated by their personality. Next up, correlation between popehood and popehood? <laughs> Next up, correlation between popehood and catholicity, ursine temperate habitat defecation, and anus elbow differentiation. Huh. That's supposed to be funny, I think. Secondly, pedantry can be viewed as an attempt to signal superiority. Basically, pedants are trying to show that they know more than others. Psychologically, one way in which people evaluate their competence is in relation to other people. 
If you value your own knowledge highly, then you can prove your knowledge is fantastic or that someone else's is the same as that of a bacteria, or both. For example, plenty of people at conferences try to catch speakers out with awkward questions rather than posing all right queries they have a genuine desire to know the answer to. Yes, I'm looking at you. If pedantry is an attempt at superiority signaling, we might anticipate that the level of an individual's pedantry would relate to their relative status. Individuals who believe they have a high level of knowledge relative to someone else may be more likely to be pedantic at that person to confirm this higher status. Unfortunately, there is no research looking at this specifically with regard to pedantry. The data is unavailable. However, Gaining status in online platforms, e.g. as a Wikipedia editor, has been shown to result in users having increasingly formalized speech. For example, higher status editors refer to Wikipedia policies more often than lower status users. In addition, the language of higher status people has been shown to be more instructive and contain more complex words than lower status people. If only there was some place they could look the words up. Low-status individuals tend to use more ingratiating and conforming language. Hopefully, this partially supports the idea of pedantry as an attempt to assert status. Finally, it has been suggested that public pedantry is a way for individuals to identify with and signal they are part of a group. Social identity theory states we have to have our group valued positively relative to other groups to improve our self-concept. This can be achieved by making your group look good or other groups look bad. If you correct publicly someone on the minutia of something that disinterests most people, you are identifying yourself to those who do care, your in-group, and simultaneously showing up members of the out-group as not knowing these vital things decimating your chosen outgroup's supposed errors almost to nothing with your pedantry would make you a hero to your in-group. This has not been studied with direct reference to pedantry, though in-group bias and outgroup derogation are well-established phenomenons. We've all seen football discuss cats versus dogs know of racists. So, why do pedants pedant? We don't really know but some tangential studies infer it's to do with a mixture of personality, status signaling, and group identification. As with all things, more good research is needed. And anyway, it's the doctor, not Doctor Who. Sean Bean doesn't always die at the end. Cognitive dissonance is the bad feeling about conflicting beliefs rather than actual conflicting beliefs. Banana jam ain't a jam. Stop complaining about grammar when you mean usage or orthography. And the Dunning-Kruger effect is related to skill rather than intelligence. I'm just right. It's good to educate people. And that was written by Dave Steele. Some of the more principled of us might find it irksome that others may exploit a loophole to exit an agreement or contract, and others still may have lawsuits or criminal charges dropped based on technicalities both of which might be considered pedantic, but effective, depending on what side of the law you are on, technically. 
I'll just end this with, they say that God is in the math, but the devil is in the details. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And as the kitties say, peace out.